Hey, I'm Luke Coward, and welcome to the Conversations with Christians podcast, a simple podcast where you hear encouragement, testimonies, and how other believers are living out their faith in the workplace, mission field, and in everyday life. It's my prayer and hope that other brothers and sisters in Christ will be reminded of our mission and also hear how other people are doing life as a Christian. It can often feel like we are doing life in a vacuum, and I believe hearing how others are living in Christ-likeness can be reassuring and allow for confidence in Jesus. And that's the whole point of this simple podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Conversations with Christians podcast. Welcome to the Conversations with Christians podcast. Today we're joined by Kyle Worley, uh, pastor of Mosaic Church, and uh, I'm going to say host uh, to the, of course, uh, JT is the co-host or or, or uh, to the Knowing Faith podcast. Uh, I always like you guys going back and forth on the podcast. So, uh, Kyle, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here, Luke, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, Kyle, just tell us a little bit about yourself. What's one thing um, uh, that, you know, people might not know about you or what's one thing that you do right now and where are you living? Yeah, so uh, I planted a church um, from the Village Church a couple of years ago. We launched in October of 2018. And uh, we're called Mosaic Church. We're in Richardson, Texas. Richardson is an inner ring suburb of Dallas. So it's just if you left Dallas going north, it would be the first city you drove through. Um, And uh, so I've been doing that. Before that, I served for a number of years at the Village Church here in Dallas. And uh, that's where we started a podcast that me and my friends run called Knowing Faith. We have a lot of fun with it. So um, married, have a little girl. And yeah, that's 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 what we do about me. Yeah. So for those of you that are listening, if you know what the Knowing Faith podcast is, I, I apologize, Kyle, I have to give a plug here. Uh, as, a, as a listener, as a fan of you guys, as, as someone who has just gleaned a lot of information and, 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 and cool things about the Lord from that podcast, if you've not checked out the Knowing Faith podcast, you need to do that uh, with Jen Wilkins, JT, and then of course, Kyle. And so, um, Kyle, one th- about that podcast, I was interested because you, you guys on the podcast always talk about like, you had the idea and they're like, no, 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 like, let's not do that. Like, what, what would we even say? So yeah. how, how from that point have you gotten to where you are now? And how is that a unique discipleship opportunity for you guys uh, to, you know, because it truly is a, a weird and, and different way to disciple people, but it is still discipleship. Yeah. So um, we, we think it's a really helpful discipleship resource. It really, really just came from the fruit of me and Jen and JT would just kind of talk through some big ideas. We were teaching as a team pretty regularly in different environments of the life of the village. And so we would end up kind of popping into each other's offices and saying, hey, I'm working on a lecture on the Trinity, or I'm working on a lecture on creation, or um, hey, Jan, I have to deal with this passage in Exodus, and I'm kind of confused with the symmetry here. And we would just have these conversations, and inevitably they would go on for 15, 20, 25, 30 minutes, and they were happening so regularly that we thought, you know, it'd be great if like our students in our environments at the village could hear us um, because I think it would be helpful for them to see how we reach the places we reach. And um, I said, well, why don't we just record them and start posting them? And so that's kind of how it started. Um, and it really has been, it started as fundamentally a resource for the people we were in like active discipleship relationships with. That's kind of, we thought that would be the extent of the people who would listen in on. We were just wrong about that because a lot of other people started listening and that's been really fun. We're coming up at the end of season four, we'll be, I think about 85 episodes in, which I did not think we would make it past 10, but um, we have a great time with it. It is, it, you know, we feel like uh, 
it's unique in the resources that are available and that JT, Jen, and myself all come from kind of typically three different perspectives, but all within kind of the scope of Christian witness. And we share a lot in common, uh, but, you know, we, we have three different jobs. And I'm a church planter. Uh, JT is recently, you know, he's heading out to Colorado to be a senior pastor of a church in Colorado. I'm in a suburb in Texas. Jen is, I mean, she's kind of a utility player. I mean, she kind of does everything. But uh, so, yeah, it's been a lot of fun and it's been great. I think that one of the things that's helpful about it is uh, people get to see our, a big value for us is brothers, sisters doing theology together. We talk a lot about that on the show, but oftentimes in churches, men and women have never seen men and women uh, do meaningful engagement around big weighty things together. And we think that's missing. Yeah, no, that's, that's super cool. And, and just the opportunity uh, to disciple people in a, in a, in a way that, um, you know, you guys talk about what seemingly to me, everything under the sun. And sometimes those topics, right, uh, aren't agreed upon unanimously, even within you three, let alone those who are listening. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I just, I think it's so important that we begin that conversation. Uh, yeah. and so I'm going to, I'm going to skip to that. The, the, the question, uh, Kyle, just from that conversation that you had, you were having these 15 to 20 minute theological conversations just with your friends, essentially, right? I mean, yeah, your coworkers, but becoming friends. Uh, and so as, as, as a pastor, I, I, I get this conversation a lot with, you know, why does theology matter? What, what, what is the, you know, is that something for me, right? We, we always, I hear at least a lot of pushback is like, that's for church leadership. That's for, for, you know, those who are leading the church, you know, we'll just kind of uh, do our own thing. And then you guys tell us the answers, which, which is not obviously a, a good re result for me. Right. Mm -hmm. I want to have those conversations with my friends, let alone coworkers or anything like that. Uh, so for you, Kyle, why, why do you think uh, theology for everyone is important? Why is it something that is essential to the Christian life? Yeah, that's great. I mean, we, we quote J.I. Packer a lot and you can quote a lot worse than J.I. Packer. Um, but what does Packer say? Uh, the most important thing that you think about is what you think about when you think about God. Um, and that's, that's how we feel. I mean, that if the chief end of man is to know God, um, to worship him, to enjoy him, uh, if knowledge of God is man's highest good, as Herman Bobbing has said, then we really want to make knowledge of God readily available and accessible. I think one of the things that's helpful to remember is that scripture actually says that we come pre-built, born with a theology. Mm. Um, Romans 1 tells this story, and it's a really tragic story, but we enter into the world with a theology, and it's shaped and formed at every intersection for the duration of our life. Um, and the theology that we enter into the world with is that God, the true God, who's created the world and revealed himself, is not God, and that we are. Mm. That's the theology we come born into the world with. That's what sin has done. It's broken us. And it's, in, it's cultivated within us radical autonomy and independence to try to reject God's rule and reign for our own rule and reign. So whether you want to think about theology or not, the fact of the matter is, is that you are born into this world as a theologian and your theology is bad. It's very bad. Um, and at salvation, when God turns our hearts towards Christ by grace through faith, we begin to see the error of our old patterns of thinking and we're given a renewed heart and a renewed mind so that we can begin to think about God rightly and to think about ourselves rightly. I think if I was going to boil it down to maybe, because you might be like, somebody might be listening to this like, okay, yeah, whatever. But like, I'm just genuinely not interested in reading book, big books about God. Yeah. 
what I often tell somebody is, do you ever find that you have confusion over who you are and what your purpose in the world is? Well, we often find that we have increasing clarity about who we are when we can see that in contrast with who God is. Mm-hmm. So it's not merely a matter of coming to a greater understanding of God for who he is, though that's certainly worthy in and of itself. There is a value in coming to an increased understanding of who God is because it helps us to know who we are with more efficiency and know better who we are. And so everyone's a theologian, yes. We're born into the world with a broken and bad theology. And when God saves us, he begins to renew our minds. And I think the desire to know God, not just know him in terms of our personal experience with him, but to know him as he's revealed himself is an accompanying fruit of that Mm -hmm. salvation. Yeah, and Kyle, I think something that happens when the theological conversation begins is some people might be weary or step away because they've seen it maybe create some division, right? Yeah. You have the friend or the cousin or the family member or the, you know, you, you name it, who, ha- who takes it too far, all right? Or, or that conversation has uh, created division within relationships or friends or, you know, you, you know even I know some friends who have kind of stepped away from the faith once heading down this intellectual world and, and kind of found more of the, the liberal theology and then eventually just kind of stepped out. What would you say, how, how do you protect those conversations at the same time as making them something that should be regular and consistent as we go to scripture and think more about who God is? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, so I think one of the, the chief ways that we do that is by continuing to pursue knowledge of God within the circle of community or within the context of community Um, because ultimately whether you're interested in uh, Tiger King (laughs) book that John Calvin wrote the fact of the matter is is that you can use that knowledge for bad ends either you can become a glutton with it or you can become self-righteous with it uh, or you could use it to push somebody else down. Knowledge puffs up. I mean, it does. That's what it does to the sinful heart. And so one of the reasons why we need to continue to stay in a context of community as we consider what it means to grow in our knowledge of God is because as we grow in our knowledge of God, there is the temptation that we may become arrogant, that we may begin to think like the people at Babel, right? You start to think, you know what, I wonder if I could think my way up to the heavens and back down. Um, and, uh, and even as high as our loftiest thoughts go, God can come down, condescend, draw near to us and frustrate our plans and say, actually, I'm going to scatter you to the winds because of the hubris and the arrogance, the pride of your thought. And yet community is a driving force to continuing to model that humility and cultivate that humility. Like at the end of the day, like I'm some friends on the block, Robert and Alex, like I'm in their GC. They're the leaders of our gospel community. I'm a pastor in this church, but I'm in their GC. And if I was a jerk about like every time somebody said something that was a little off and grew, but I was a jerk, like Robert and Alex would say something to me Mm -hmm. because they love me. And they would say, Hey man, like I know what you're trying to do. And they would assume the best, but they would correct me. But if I don't have that and I'm just sitting behind the computer, like a keyboard warrior, just, riffing on blogs and blowing up the comments and just throwing trash out there. They're like, I don't really have anybody to say like, Hey man, that's arrogant. That's prideful. So. Mm, that's so good. Just, just, just the idea of thinking about theology as knowing God more. Yeah. That, that's a good position for those of you listening, just like theology, you're right. It, it is at its simplest form is knowing God more and pursuing, uh, you know, to, to, to know who we follow, who we love yeah, and who we absolutely. pursue. 
And so Kyle, as, as you know, you mentioned earlier, you, you've planted a church uh, in Texas, the Mosaic. Um, what has it been like in this time of quarantine, especially with a newer church? You said you established in November 2018. Um, just with, with the newness of, of, of plant and all the things that come with that, what has quarantine been like for you guys at Mosaic? Yeah, you know, um, it's, it's been definitely a different season for the life of our church that doesn't seem to have a time stamp on it. We're just an indefinite kind of question mark over what a return will be like. I mean, right now we're in the midst of thinking through the next phase of our life together as a church for something that's more sustainable than what we've been doing the last six weeks. And so as we consider that, I mean, there's just a multitude of questions we don't have answers to. So the first part I would say is that it's been incredibly humbling. Uh, you know, in a man's heart, he plans his way, but the Lord determines his steps is what scripture says. And that is certainly the case for me. I'm a high strategy, high structure thinker. And so I had us planned through the end of 2021 and just about all of those plans are now gone. Uh, and so, you know, we are, we're without a building because we were leasing. So we thought, okay, so now we don't really have a building. Just ask the question, even when we start to gather again, where do we gather? Mm. Um, what will those gatherings look like? Uh, and so there's, it's been incredibly humbling. There's a sea of uncertainty. So it's required trust in the Lord. The third thing on a more positive note, a more hopeful note, is that it has pushed our people into the lives of their neighborhoods in a very distinct way. Uh, we're a neighborhood-driven church. Our, one of our core values is hyper-local, and so we are a local church in Richardson and a seat of regional churches across DFW. And so our focus is in Richardson exclusively. When we think about anything outside of that, we think of the lens of planting or of mission. And so that this actually has really encourage that because it's pushed our people, uh, over 97% of which live in Richardson proper, uh, back into their neighborhoods in a really meaningful way. Um, so like this Saturday is Help Your Neighbor Day for our church. It would be, I don't know when this released, but Saturday, May 2nd is Help Your Neighbor Day for us. And, you know, we have people that are right now thinking, how do we bless, serve, and help our neighbors in the midst of a quarantine? So yeah, the Lord has used it to do some really encouraging things. We've seen a great movement of prayer um, uh, during the course of this, our prayer nights have been more full than they've ever been, uh, because people know, man, there are so much that's going on that exceeds our ability, uh, to care and to plan and to strategize. And so the Lord builds his church. That's the great comfort of any pastors that ultimately Christ is the chief cornerstone. So that's one thing I think I've seen on my end, um, is that people are turning an ear to, okay, you know, in times of crisis, often people look for answers. And one thing the answer that the church does is give answers, right? And so I've seen the Lord work in a, a mysterious ways in, way, in, in, in instances where people are actually turning back to their faith uh, because they may have left it in comfortability and, uh, you know, just the busyness of life. And now they're asking these big, large questions about, okay, what, what is God doing in this moment? When they weren't even asking, what is God doing in my life, you know, eight weeks ago? You know, yeah, so I, I, absolutely. It's, it's been crazy to see that. It's an incredible gospel opportunity right now. And if you're listening to this, you know, whether you care about theology or not, table that for a second. Um, and just know that if you've been wondering, like, what, it, what could be the greatest evangelistic opportunity of your lifetime, this is arguably it. So if you've been thinking, I wonder when the Lord will give me an opportunity to share the gospel um, and appeal to people to follow Jesus, this is a really great time. <laughs> arguably the best time you'll ever have. So... Um, that's, I mean, that's, you didn't ask me to do that. That's just no. a sign of encouragement 
for, for any listeners that this is a unique time to do this. Right. And, and, and what a time to begin those conversations with your family, with your friends, with those who don't know who Christ is, you know, is almost coming up naturally for the first time in my life. You know, like that I'm, the conversations about the gospel with the non-believer is never been more natural than now. You know, hey, well, what do you, I actually had a non-believer ask me uh, the other day, hey, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily believe in Christ, but uh, in the theological realm and world, what does this mean for, for the Christian? And we had this incredible conversation about what does it mean for us in light of what God's doing in this time? And he began to ask, you know, it stopped with, you know, well, what's the big picture? He began to ask the five foot view of, okay, well, what's this mean for me? And all of a sudden, a, a 15 minute conversation turned into, do I need, I need to start thinking about this more. This is really important. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But I didn't do that. He contacted me, right? You know, so it's, it's, there really, it really is an incredible opportunity uh, to share the gospel. We just got to stand firm in who Christ is. Uh, with, with that, with the quarantine, with the difference, as a believer in Jesus, Kyle, how has this changed or, uh, you know, some of your specifically, you know, daily, weekly rhythms in terms of, uh, you know, focusing your eyes on the Lord or, or spiritual disciplines? How has that, um, how has this, you know, for some of us not being able to leave the home, uh, been able to, to uh, focus you or, or change any of your disciplines in the weekly? Yeah, I mean, it's meant that we have a lot more opportunities with our daughter to kind of capture moments, mm. to talk to her about the Lord and to bring the presence of God into just ordinary moments over the course of a day. Um, and, uh, and so that's been really significant, really significant. Um, another aspect of it has been that uh, it means that I've also had to leave the house to get some silence. Um, <laughs> and so I, I'm more of a homebody, more of an introvert. So uh, that hasn't been too particularly painful in a quarantine like this. But whenever I am trying to seek stillness with the Lord, I'll have to go outside, put on my headphones, and walk. And I usually uh, listen to, I use the Dwell app. I don't know if you've ever used Dwell, mm -hmm. but it's a fantastic app. And I use it to listen to scripture when I walk the block. And so that's what I'm doing right now. Listen to Romans over and over again because I'm prepping to preach it. And gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, I love that. Uh, Kyle, within your walk with Christ, what is one lie that you have to continuously fight against? Uh, one lie that, that, you know, that you, that you are being hearing from the enemy that you have to fight against in this, in not just specifically in this season, um, but in any season. I know that's a, a heavy question, but. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think probably the biggest lie that I have to face right now is I'm not doing enough. Um, I'm an achiever. I'm a, I don't know if you're an Enneagram fan, but I, I'm an Enneagram three. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, evidently that means that I'm wired for getting things done, achievement, success, checking off boxes. Mm -hmm. And in a quarantine like this, there's just no matter how much you like, what, whatever the thing you think that you're going to do, the task is not probably getting done. Mm -hmm. At least it's not getting done at the clip that it was before this started, uh, and certainly not getting done the way that you used to get things done. Mm -hmm. And so the lie right now that I'm having to fight is just not doing enough um, because there's so much that either we can't do or there are so many outside things that we had planned to do that at this point can't happen. And so I think that's probably it, that just that anxiety over um, not doing enough, not being enough. And I can oftentimes find that my worth seems tethered to what I'm able to do uh, and accomplish and produce. Um, and yet I wasn't created as an image bearer merely to get things done, you know, that God 
doesn't love a future version of me that's more productive, uh, but because I'm in Christ, he loves me uh, in Christ today as much as he ever will. So, but it's easy to forget that. Right. And I think there's a lot of us that are sitting around, you know, some of us furloughed, some of us laid off, some of us, uh, you know, to the minor degree, working from home, not being able to go into work are feeling like, you know, all my regular rhythms have been stripped from me. And for, as a student uh, pastor, you know, I talk to my students and all of your secular titles have been ripped. Athlete, gone. Academic, gone. You know, what school you're going to next year has just been ripped away. Are, you know, it, is your faith enough, right? Are, are, are you, is, is God enough? Or do, or do we have to start saying Jesus plus, you know, because yeah. those pluses, the, the things that we added to that title have been stripped away. And so, Kyle, I, I really appreciate you coming on here. Just yeah. encouraging um, if you guys don't listen to Knowing Faith, check it out, please. You guys have been so encouraging to me. Uh, I just wanted to tell you that personally. I know that you probably hear that a lot, but that, that is true. Uh, and so, Kyle, uh, I'm going to tailor two things because we're running out of time here. Sorry. Uh, what is one thing you can encourage Christian, the, the Christian listener with today? Yeah. The, the most significant thing I can tell any Christian um, listening to this is this. What can be said of Jesus right now can be said of you. Because as a Christian, you are in Christ Jesus. And so I don't know what, uh, what today has looked like for you. If you woke up with fear in your gut, lust in your heart, doubt in your mind, you can come to God knowing that you come to him in Jesus Christ. And that he's not going to spurn you at the door because he would be turning away his beloved son. And he never will do that. So that's the Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Kyle. Kyle, would you pray for those who are listening? Absolutely. Father, we come before you in the name of Christ and by the power of the Spirit. And I ask that for uh, us as your followers, as believers in Christ, as sons and daughters of God in Jesus, I ask that you would bless us richly in the name of Christ with peace and with joy and with hope. I ask God that the fullness and the riches of Jesus Christ would be our supreme delight. And I ask that the Holy Spirit cultivate within us a heart that is hungry for better things than we can find outside of you. God, we love you. We pray this in the name of Christ. Amen. Amen. Kyle, thank you so much, man. It's been an yeah. honor. I wish we had more time, but you, you got to love technology. So well, yeah, I'm glad to be on here, Luke. Thank you. Yeah, appreciate it. Uh, continue your good work over at uh, Mosaic and, and I'll be praying for you and I'll be praying for uh, even the Knowing Faith podcast to continue to just stir up in believers uh, the the wanting to know more about who they follow in, in Christ Jesus. And, and Thanks for having me on. Yep. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Love, man. See ya.